A wise man once said, every journey begins with the first step. Come with me, my friends, as together we travel down the roadway of geekdom in our never-ending quest to find the joy and fun in what we love. However, our final destination may not be where we intended, for on this journey, tangents abound. Well, hello there, my friends, and welcome to the ninth episode of Tangents Abound. My name is Aaron Henley, and I thank you all for joining me today. Well, my friends, we're at the end of one journey. Today, we finish our coverage of Superman, Lois, and Clark Arrival. And boy, has it been a long journey. Maybe it was a mistake for me to do uh, an entire eight-issue miniseries uh, right out of the gate, but I don't mind because this was the whole reason I started the show was because of this series. So I hope you enjoyed it. I have a little bit of feedback to get into. I have a promo for a great show that was actually kind enough to let me uh, guest on it for an episode. And, well, there's a lot we need to cover and not a whole lot of time to get there. So let's uh, let's get right into into the start of things. Well, first off, I got some uh, feet comments for last week's episode. Got a couple repeats from my good friend Batman Death Grapple and my very good friend Turtle Gloves. So welcome back, guys. Or girls. Well, first, Batman Death Grapple says, You do know that Batman could have given Superman the death blow. Yeah, I'm not going to go into that. And also, that whole looking like James Lipton thing. Okay, with the beard, Superman does kind of look like James Lipton. But I think he looks more like Will Riker. <laughs> and Turtle Gloves. Welcome back. And Turtle Gloves is a little upset at me. Uh, he says, do X-Wings. I want to ride X-Wings. Go, Aaron. Well, Turtle Gloves, as I explained last episode, it's going to be a while before I get into Star Wars. Um, I am shifting a few things around. So it may not be as long as I originally thought, but you're still going to have to wait, my friend. Again, this isn't strictly a Star Wars podcast. This is just what I like to talk about. So if you don't want to listen anymore, that's fine. That's fine, my friend. And I would recommend checking out, like, Rebel Force Radio. That's a 100% Star Wars podcast, and they have been around for years. I've listened to them for a very long time. Um, I definitely recommend checking them out if you want some more Star Wars in your life. And also a new commenter. His name is Tony. And he says, love the way that they, and I'm assuming Clark and Lois, are such great parents too. Good episode. Well, thank you, Tony. And also, I got another comment from our good friend, agirl31, and she just complimented the show and said, I'm doing a good job and wants to keep it up. So thank you, agirl31. I don't have any emails today, but if you do want to leave me an email, the email address is tangentsabound at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to hear from your friends, whether it's positive, negative, I'll take anything and everything. (sighs) Okay. Well, with that out of the way, let's get into a promo for a great show called Weekly Heroics. This is a show that's on the Two True Freaks Network, hosted by Scott McGregor and Chris Hair Metal Hero Tyler. And what they're covering is every episode... One Marvel TV show episode and one DC TV show episode. And then they 
alternate a little bit more because there's way more DC uh, TV show content than Marvel, unless they start adding in the Netflix stuff. Otherwise, then I think it would balance out a bit more. So we'll just see. I'm not going to talk anything... and uh, they, like I said, they were kind enough to let me guest on it. I'm not going to mention where or when because I honestly have no idea when the episode will drop. But if you happen to hear me on some other show, that's where I am. So again, I offer big thanks to Scott and Chris for letting me crash their party a little bit. That, that really meant a lot. As superhero movies are becoming mainstream entertainment at theaters around the world, comic fans also have plenty of heroic action on the small screen to keep them sated while waiting for the next blockbuster. We are in a golden age of superhero television shows, with plenty of offerings from both the Marvel and DC universes, and the trend shows no sign of slowing down. To chronicle these recent shows and even examine some of the classics, we are proud to present Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. In every podcast, we'll be doing recaps of individual episodes of one Marvel show and one DC show until we catch up to them or some supervillains shut us all down. My name is Scott McGregor, and I'm the fastest podcaster alive. That's what she said. And I'm Chris Tyler, one of your agents of cool. To bring you this podcast, we each have to become someone else. We each have to become something else. Two, two, Alrighty, and again, that show can be found at twotruefreaks.com. I always go there. There's my go-to site for hanging out with some great people um, in the nerd culture, so definitely stop by and take a listen. If you like anything related to geekdom, they're definitely people to check out. Okay, well, as the intro said, every journey begins with a first step, and we are about to reach the end of our first journey together. It's a it's kind of a big deal. I'm a little emotional right now. <laughs> so, let's go into the cover. And the cover credits are Lee Weeks and Brad Anderson and this is just a very sweet cover, friends. It's John lifting Clark's cape out of the basement trunk and there's Rusty next to him and if we look in the background, we we see like up the basement stairs are the silhouettes of Clark and Lois watching. And, you know, it's not the most eye-catching or action-y cover, but it doesn't have to be. Not for this issue. Because this is just... This is the family issue. This is the epilogue. And the action scenes play second fiddle to our three characters for this issue. And and in my opinion, this is kind of a less-is-more cover. And I really, I really do like it. It's one of my favorites of the eight different covers. The credits for this issue... Our writer, Dan Jurgens, penciler, Lee Weeks, inker, Scott Hanna, colorist is Jeremy Cox, letterer is a Larger World Studios, assistant editor is Andrew Marino, and editor is Eddie Braganza, and Superman is created by Jerry Siegel and Joel Schuster. <sighs> okay, friends. Now, since this issue is more of a wrap-up epilogue issue and To be honest, there's not any clear breaking points. I am going to just synopsize the whole issue and then go into uh, my discussion points for it because it really is just one big epilogue with a lot of Fighting McFighting style. Copyright Andrew Leyland. So we open the issue with John narrating for the first time in this story. He's reading the scrapbook that Lois had made for him and he lets us know that 
while it's cool that his dad is Superman, it's going to take a while to get used to it. John and Lois have a rather touching discussion over how she handles Clark going off to save the world and what her husband truly stands for. Well, John, in his excitement in discovering that, you know, hey, my dad's Superman and I can, you know, break ropes and go through hot metal without any pain, I'm going to fly too, tries to fly off the front porch. He goes up, up, and down into the ground, getting a mouthful of grass for his efforts. The reason he's trying to so hard to fly is because he wants to get strong like his dad to protect his mom from the goons that have been threatening them this whole time. And really, how awesome is that, by the way, friends? This little boy wants to protect his mom. I, I, I love this kid. I love him so much. And then Lois assures him that even if they have to move away and start over, by sticking together, they'll be just fine. Cut to half a world away at Mysterious Jungle Island, Clark arrives. Using his x-ray vision, he sees Hyathus torturing Hank Henshaw for the location of the Oblivion Stone. Tackling into her, Clark drives her into the jungle. The requisite Fighty McFightingstein of this issue, and that's copyright Andrew Leyland, all rights reserved, begins. Clark and Hyathus exchange blows for about the next five pages of the story. During the fight, Clark realizes that the other half of the Oblivion Stone is in his not Fortress of Solitude. Henshaw barrels into Hyathus, begging Clark to not let her have the stone. Apparently, the half he has was found on his Jupiter trip, and the stone has bonded to him, again, almost like a symbiote, to a certain spider-powered web-slinger. Hyathus encases Clark in tons of vines, and he, she actually manages to cut him a few times with her sword, telling Clark that all resistance is futile, and that she will add his biological and technological distinctiveness to her own. Oh, uh, wait, wrong series. <laughs> Sorry, it's just that resistance is futile. <laughs> Clark's answer to this? A searing blast of heat vision to send her flying through a truck. <laughs> Tearing the vines off him in a great panel, Clark resumes the attack. Unnoticed by either combatant, Hank picks up the oblivion stone that Hyathus dropped and tucks it in his shirt pocket. More McFightystein ensues, with Mr. Chambers even showing up to fire off a few rounds at Hyathus. So, wow! <laughs> Apparently, crushed fingers can still pull a trigger with a wrist brace. I did not know that. <laughs> Clark manages to knock Hyathus's helmet off, and we get the first view of her hair, and... Whew, wow. <laughs> the best way I can describe it is purple super saiyan. <laughs> so, apparently Hyathus didn't like anyone seeing the mop top that is her head, and vows that the fight will only end with one of them dead. Clark's response is epic in its epicness. Your words. Not mine. But you should know, it won't be me. Well, apparently that was enough for Hyathus, as she activates a teleporter and leaves. Well, wait, wait, she, she leaves? That's, that's it? That, that was a bit anticlimactic, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, just, just a bit. Chambers approaches Clark and demands to know who he is. Clark just silently flies off. 
vowing that he's not done, Chambers will find out who he is. Well, Mr. Chambers, you're not going to have to wait long, because in about uh, the next issue, he comes out as Superman. <laughs> Back at home, John has been waiting all day for his father to come home. In a great little half-page panel, Clark lands with his boy rushing to him to hug him. Clark explained what those visions he saw were about, and Lois has some good news of her own. Cora called and had let her know that her expose on Inner Gang would be published, but apparently the authorities pre-ordered through Amazon, which I recommend if you buy anything from Amazon, going to the futurefreaks.com website and clicking their Amazon link to uh, get a couple advanced copies, and the authorities have begun arresting Inner Gang's members. So, hopefully, they're going the way of the dodo. At least, for now. Well, John asks his parents how could they possibly be so calm about all of this? And even more important, what does it all mean for them? Taking him to the barn, Clark brings up the trunk from the root cellar. Clark and Lois give another great speech to John to show that they would always be there to help him. Clark hands John his cape and promises that everything will be okay from now on. Tying his father's cape around his neck like we all did with our mom's, with our mom's bath towels and come on friends, admit it, you've done it just as much as I have. <laughs> John gets a little advice from his dad and in a glorious one-page splash on the final page lifts off the ground. And with that, a new legacy is born. <sighs> wow. Friends, this is this has been a great issue. It's uh it's kind of a slower paced issue, but for the action beat it's good, but I didn't care about the fight. I actually I've long since stopped caring about Hyathus and the fight. I cared more about the interaction between Clark, Lois, and John, and that's what we get here in spades. I'm going to be pretty honest. The issue was actually one of the hardest ones for me to get discussion points out of. The fight scene, while nice, is just to kind of wrap up the Hyathus plotline, and in the grand tradition of comics, that isn't resolved because she warps away to fight another day, and we still have no idea exactly what the Oblivion Stone is, what it does, how Hank Henshaw comes into play in all of this, what does it being bonded to him mean... What happened to the crew of the Excalibur? There's a lot of dangling plot threads, and I hope Mr. Jurgens is able to resolve these in coming stories in action comics. But I will say that the true heart of this issue is John, Lois, and Clark at the farm. And that's where I think the story has always been. When John is with, his, with Lois on the porch right after Clark left, he asks her a question any kid would ask their parent. That if she ever gets scared seeing Dad fly off to trouble. And Lois admits that she does. But it's probably in the same way that the spouse of a firefighter or police officer or anyone in emergency service feels the same. And tangent abound, friends, anyone listening who has a family member or a spouse in an emergency service or someone who is in a dangerous job, they are... some of the bravest and strongest people out there, and 
if they're next to your friends, hit pause on the podcast and take a moment to either talk to them and thank them for what they do or give them a big hug. And if they're your spouse, you better be giving them one of the deepest kisses they've ever gotten right now, friends. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm willing to wait for that. Okay, friends, we, I, I got to keep it clean. This is a PG show, so <laughs> we, we can't go past first base here. Okay, <laughs> we done? Okay, tangent over. And John's first flight is, like I said, up, up, and ooh, that's going to leave a mark. Well, at least we don't have to worry about, you know, John breaking any bones or anything anymore. Now, cutting to the fight. I guess this is sword cuts Clark pretty good. He gets a deep gash on his arm and a nice slash right to the S on his chest. And when and to me, whenever I see that S get cut, that is bad. I mean that that's just a, the last time I saw it get cut like that, he died. Okay, so yeah, this was bad. Now the question is, how did Hyathus's sword cut him? Is it magic based, or is it because of Clark's wonky powers? Well, only time and Dan Jurgens can tell us. And I did look up, look up Hyathus, and she is not from the same planet as Maxima, so I was a little sad to find that out as well. But yeah, more about this character needs to be talked about. Okay, so Hank Henshaw has one half of an unknown alien crystal capable of unknown powers and destructive capability. Well, this could either be very good or very bad. Either way, I'm staying as far away from Coast City as I possibly can. Sorry, Green Lantern. <laughs> okay, now, I'm not much into fashion tips, but Hyathis, sweetheart, you really need to fire your hairdresser. I... <laughs> you look like the f my front yard. <laughs> if, if it was purple, it, it's just... Sweetie, I know you didn't get out of bed looking like that. <laughs> okay. Now here's a contention point I had from last issue. We saw that Mr. Chambers' arm was broken and his fingers were bent in about 30 different places and 30 different angles. I mean, there was no possible way he could have any kind of fine motor control for, like, years with, of, without years of physical therapy. And yet, in the very next issue, he's able to f fire a gun. I'm sorry, sir, I know it's a comic book, but you shouldn't be able to hold a softball, let alone be able to fire a gun at this point, after what we saw happen to your hand. Okay. The scene of John hugging Clark in his black outfit, with Lois's beaming smile as she comes up to the two of them. Whew, that panel is worth the price of this issue, friends. I mean, it's just... The feels are through the roof. I mean, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful panel. <sighs> and if it, if the Superman music wasn't copyrighted, I'd be playing the uh, romance theme right now. I'd be playing something right now. And Lois, I'm glad you think Inner Gang is history, and I applaud what you did. But come on, you should know better than anyone that when Darkseid needs a little chaos, Inner Gang will return. Or he'll just use Fox News. Or MSNBC, I'm not biased. <laughs> and the final page. Oh, that final page. I want 
this page without the word balloons and just as a poster. And I am going on record that I will pay any price to get this as a poster I could hang on my wall. So someone please get me Lee Week's Twitter account so I can ask him for this. Because if I ever see it at a convention, I or I see him at a convention, I'm going to ask for this as a sketch. Because I want to hang this on my wall. I don't have a lot of Superman memorabilia, but I would pay any price for this. It's that... It means that much to me. <sighs> okay, friends. This is it. This is the end of the road, end of the story. And I'm going to go into kind of a recap of it as a whole. As I mentioned many times, this story is what made me want to do a podcast in the first place. This story brought the positivity and joy that I had felt had been lacking in Superman especially for many, many years. And the f character interactions between Lois, Clark, and John, they are the heart and soul of this book. The fight scenes, the villains, while great in most cases, and in some cases not so great, they're almost secondary to me because of this story. The heart, as I mentioned, is the Three Kents. Oh, I'm sorry, whites. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll never, ever call them the whites. I don't care. We had an amazing uh, first issue with Blank. Oh, man, I still get chills on that issue. The dialogue, the, you know, almost forcing Clark to break his, you know, rule to find, to use lethal force. That, again, would have been entirely justified. The police and the National Guard had tried. I mean, they threw. They tried to shoot him with tanks. So he would have. Superman, Clark would have. Should have. If he had to have done it, Clark would have. And I don't think he would have felt guilty about it. Not like. Well, then again, we could always have a second exile. I mean, hey, they just announced we're getting invasion for the big DC TV show crossover. So I wouldn't mind an exile. <laughs> But there were a few weak points with the villains. I mean, Blank devolved into a ra raging, raving megalomaniac and just ended up in the same place he started. And Hyathis, a.k.a. Space Xena, well, there was a lot of build-up, a lot of padding, to be honest, for a whole lot of nothing. So it's kind of a letdown there. Now, I'm sure Mr. Jurgens plans to have all this resolved, but... In the you know business of comic books, it may not happen, but I hope it does, because I want to find out more about what's going to go go on with with uh, Hyathis, the Oblivion Stone, and Hank. It's it seems too important to to just kind of sweep under the rug. But again, the love and willingness that Clark and Lois are willing to go through for their son to do whatever it takes to keep them to keep him safe it's loud and clear in this story they're willing to you know take lesser jobs to stay under the radar to just you know do what they can but still be true to their themselves lois is still being an investigative reporter even though she's doing it under a pseudonym pen name and clark you know is stopping natural disasters and saving the city of chicago from really lousy power suit villains. Oh, okay, tangent about time. Is it really that easy in the DC universe to get a power suit? Really? Okay. 
Yet one more reason why I would never, ever want to live in a comic book world. This world, the world we live in is scary enough. You throw in, you know, invasions from hell, apocalypse, and, you know, aliens. I'm done. Also, we see how great a kid John is. He is truly the son of Clark Kent and Lois Lane, and he's the best of both of them. He's got Lois's tenacity and spunk, his, his, her willingness to follow a story no matter where it goes, find the answers to the questions, even if it, the answers are uncomfortable, and it's not what he w was expecting at all. There's Clark's willingness to help, to protect in him. I mean, just as we talked about in, earlier in this episode, he wants to get stronger so he can protect his mom. And, well, being able to bench press a tractor and fly probably doesn't hurt either. Jonathan Samuel White slash Kent, he's a character I can't wait to share with my child when I have one. He's someone I want any kid to read and look up to. Clark and Lois are amazing parents, and I am so glad to see them being written as actual parents and act as them, and not just shuffle John off to someone else like the Montgomerys so they can go do something because, you know, he's inconvenient to the story the writer is trying to tell. And I hope that as a legacy character, not just to the DC Universe, but as a legacy character to the man who started the DC Universe... I hope he stays around for a very long time. And I just, I, I can't believe it's over. I, I'm still in shock a little bit. It, it's done. We're, we're, we're done with, with it. Uh, it's both a relief and kind of intimidating because I'm like, well, what am I going to do next? Well, fortunately, I know what I'm going to be doing next. I have a little uh, surprise plan for the end of this episode as a teaser stinger, so... Uh, I want you to listen to that. So I want you to make sure to stick around uh, after the uh, disclaimer. And I appreciate you all, my friends, for taking the time to come with me on this journey, to listen to me ramble on about some funny books. And But it's been one great story. And again, thank you. Also, this story is available in full in a trade paperback for about 15 uh US dollars or so on Amazon and if you choose to pick it up please go to the two true com website and click on the Amazon link there first the the men and women of that site have been such amazing friends to me and any small way that I can repay their kindnesses I will um I do recommend checking this story out is it a perfect story no I mean the inner game threads the ending with Hyathis blank going from absolute terrifying to standard villain it's it's not a perfect story but no story is but what is perfect and what i will keep coming back to when i want to feel when i'm feeling a little blue and want to get some happiness in my life i'll be coming back to this story because i want to see my favorite hero being an inspiration not just to the man on the street not just to the justice league to be an inspiration to the woman he loves and the child they've created. And the looks on John's face when his eyes light up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't have any words for that. And, you know, Clark and Lois have been given such wonderful facets to their characters by becoming parents. 
and they're incredible and wonderful additions. And I hope that these are never retconned or washed out of existence and are given a place of honor, just like Action Comics 1 or um, or The Death of Superman or Crisis on Infinite Earths. This story, well, definitely not at those levels of caliber. I think need to be a permanent part of the legacy of Superman, and I hope they are. Well... We've closed the book, we've turned off the tablet, and that's it for Superman for a good while. So, what am I going to talk about next? Well, as I mentioned, I have a special little teaser f to, for you guys to listen to, and I'm not going to spoil it. Nope, nope, you're not going to talk me into it. Don't, don't, uh, don't give me those puppy dog eyes. Don't, stop looking at me like that turtle loves. I, I see you. But... This will be a special, special next few episodes, and there's one episode coming up, friends, that it means a whole lot to me, and it means a lot to the two true freaks as well, and it'll be my honor to do that one. So, I thank you all for joining me on this episode. It's a little shorter than normal, but that's because there's... <laughs> I mean, I could have talked a lot more in detail on the overview, but I thought, no, just check it out, friends. Make your own opinions, and let me know what you thought of the story. Again, you can drop me a comment on the Libsyn page, or you can drop me an email at tangentsabound at gmail.com. So thank you, my friends, for joining me today. Have a good morning, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Tangents Abound is a free podcast. No money is made on the production or distribution of this podcast. Any and all audio clips used in this podcast are for education and review purposes only. No copyright infringement is intended, and all copyrights are owned by the respective copyright holders. Thank you.